windows. The Bucks got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. East Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys and girls. Muscaro, Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nucky spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game right. winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. Right. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Good Saturday preview. <laughs> Think of that. You thought I was going to mess it up, didn't you? I got him. Oh, wow. hey, where are you? You're not even in the shot. Here we are. Here we are. Hey, if you're watching on Facebook Live, Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher. If you're not, it's still Jay Sandos and Mike Gallagher, but it is Saturday Eve, as I was just trying to fool Mike, because it's been a running joke this week that I have forgotten if it's morning, if it's afternoon, whatever. So I thought I would just confuse them on the day. It is Saturday Eve, which means it's Friday. It is the day before the game of all games for Jay Sandoz. That is Chattanooga. It is ETSU. We are in the press box. I literally could jump out of the press box except for one thing. My windows don't open. So I cannot actually get out of the – and I would love to tell you that I'm a big, strong guy that could get out, but I can't. I think they probably did that knowing exactly what you are capable of and what goes through your mind on a day-to-day basis. They're like, those windows need to stay shut. Oh, that is unbelievable. Uh, Hey, there we go. Uh, We did get some help. They couldn't see us. I I don't know – you're off to a great start. I am. I am, I am. I am ready to Clearly go. The Listen, it is Chattanooga. It has the emotions. Let's go. The amount of sweat. Let's go. That I am perspiring right now. <laughs> are you? Okay, we need to do something here. Wait, because wait, this wait, is wait, like the show. You are absolutely torpedoing this yeah. for two minutes. Let's go. All right. Yes, thank you. <laughs> in case you've just tuned in, and we hope you have. Yes. <laughs> It's ETSU, it's Chattanooga, it's 4-0, Chattanooga Monks, 3-1 ETSU, both 2-0 in the Southern Conference. It was a game last year uh, that was very defensive and more offensive than offensive. It was a 10-3 Chattanooga win. The big difference in the game was a block punt for a touchdown, uh, or a block punt that set up a touchdown for Chattanooga. ETSU with uh, literally less than 150 yards of total offense. Chattanooga didn't fare much better with a little over 200 yards of offense was not a game that I think anybody saw coming. The only thing I enjoyed about the game was right before halftime, it felt like a rivalry. There was a little bit of pushing, shoving. Clearly, we're not pulling for a bench-clearing brawl. But when you have a rivalry game, you expect to see emotions. You want to see emotions. And this sport, football more than others, I think, has that for the simple reason of a lot. there's more kids on the roster, so that's easy to get 105 on ETSU, 105 on Chattanooga. There's a lot of Tennessee kids on each roster. A lot of those kids were either teammates or from the same county or same city, played against one another. So certainly it should have that feel of it because you can sit here and say, well, Chattanooga and ETSU are treating it as the next game. It's game five. It's their fifth opportunity. But we know those guys are texting back and forth, I'm going to hammer you. I'm going to win this game. We are going to beat you. And you know that plays into effect, and it will be seen on Saturday. Well, I'm going to go and preview our pregame right now because we put together a little 
whole uh, series history between each team, and it usually involves highlights from the previous year. And let me tell you, it was difficult to find enough to string together anything coherent. But one of them is exactly that, because the rivalry is uh, it is such a huge thing, and now even magnified even more with the rail and the rail rivalry. And as you said, everyone, um, you know, they essentially know each other, and they, they go back and forth, I'm sure, and have some good fun before the game, and then probably turns a little bitter there for about three, three and a half hours, and then they're everyone's friends at the end. But uh, one of the four highlights that I found was some pushing and shoving right before the half, and there's a flag, and you had a great call. There's a flag, and now there's another flag, and now there's another flag, and, and it was getting a bit chippy there. And I'm not sure if that was a game that many saw coming. I mean, now you look back on it and say, well, did either team have a, a ton to play for aside from pride, right? I mean, in the standings, everything was uh, pretty much decided. It was a 3-8 and eight team at the end of the day for um, Chattanooga and for ETSU, I believe, 4-7 and seven last year. So uh, two teams that weren't going to make the playoff. They weren't pushing for anything like that. And it did end up being one of those chippy, muck-it-up type games. And uh, I think both of the coaches on each side, Tom Arson, his second time facing ETSU, Coach Sanders in his first time facing Chattanooga, are hoping for a bit more camaraderie on each side of the ball and a smoother affair than we had last year. Well, I, I certainly both those guys being offensive guys and former quarterbacks, I think they want to see a uh, 34-31 game or 34-20 game in favor of their team, obviously. Maybe they don't want a nip-and-tuck game. The fans, I think, uh, would enjoy a nip-and-tuck game. Uh, uh, clearly, I want ETSU about a 70 nothing win. Not going to happen, but uh, that's what I would enjoy. I never want a close game with Chattanooga. But you look at Chattanooga, they can score a lot of points. Defensively, I tell you the biggest difference is the turnovers. 25 turnovers in 11 games last year for Chattanooga. This year, just a couple of turnovers. They're plus seven. They were negative 12 at the end of last year. They're plus seven through four games. So they're they've turned. They're forcing basically three turnovers a game. ETSU is minus five. That's been an area they've struggled. They've turned it over at least once in every game. Uh, the only time they won the, the turnover battle was against VMI. And so I, it's going to be important. On a day where they turned it over four times themselves. <laughs> yeah, and, and needed six uh, turnovers to even get a positive number. So ETSU for sure needs to make sure they take care of the football. That's clearly going to be a, a key in the game. For Chattanooga, their defense gives up a lot of yards, but where they've been really good is in the red zone. 16 times the opponents have been in the red zone for Chattanooga, six touchdowns, and six times – teams have come away with zero points either turned it over on downs or they've turned the football over and for Chattanooga you're looking at 38 percent in the red zone uh, as far as defensive touchdowns go that's a pretty good number that's an area where ETSU's been real good at scoring in the red zone they haven't necessarily been real good at touchdowns in the red zone that's exactly right and coach Sanders said that with you on Wednesday night in the coaches show at Wildwind Cafe is we've had a lot of field goals and that's great because you have a reliable field goal kicker right you trust JJ German to go out there and really anywhere inside of uh, midfield as we're over here at uh, the stadium today as we prepare for ETSU and Chattanooga you trust him to go out there and He's going to put a good foot to the ball. We saw a video from him uh, in the offseason, a 60-yard barefoot kick. That, that certainly turned some heads as he hit a couple bombs last year. In fact, I believe his career-long, uh, 52 yards last year, was against Chattanooga. I don't know if that 52, you called it as a career-long at the time. I believe that's still uh, It, it is. He, yep. he, he matched it one other time. And actually, um, they, they, uh, it was 52 to me because the ball was just about to touch the 42-yard uh, line, but they Round marked up. it. You know, they went to the 51-yarder officially Come in the on. book. So, uh, But he had another 51-yarder earlier 
later in the year. So he tied his career high with 51 as opposed to it being a 52. I think I was correct. <laughs> it ends up being the only points of the day, unfortunately, for ETSU. But you mentioned the turnovers, and Chattanooga went from negative 12, as you said. The only team with a worse turnover ratio last year was VMI, who didn't win a game at negative 22. Uh, and they're now at the top of the league with that plus 7. For ETSU, yes, they are negative 5, but they have forced 8 turnovers, and that is second in the league only to Chattanooga. So when it comes to that side of the ball, each team forces the offense into mistakes. Now, it'll come down to, is this going to be an offensive or defensive game. On the offensive side, there's plenty to get excited about, too, for these two teams. Uh, Chattanooga's throwing for over 100 yards more than they did per game last year. ETSU is running for about 80 yards per game more than last year. So it's really been a reclamation project on both sides of the ball for each team as they prepare for this big game, what could be one of the biggest games, certainly in recent memory, between ETSU and Chattanooga. The Bucks off to their first 3-1 and start since 1999. The big thing for Chattanooga and the adjustment, and, and that was something I've talked to uh, a couple folks about their, their their color guy Todd Angie. I've also talked to Gene Henley about it and it's yep. the offensive line and that's not a shock in football. That's generally where um, things change in the trenches but three Division One transfers for Chattanooga one from Mississippi State, one from Georgia, and one from Louisiana Monroe. And clearly, they, they've kept Nick Tiano upright. He's only been sacked four times, just one per contest, if you want to look at it that way. And as you would imagine, if a quarterback's able to stand in there, uh, you know, you, you more success, you can throw it around a little bit. And throwing around is what he's been doing well, especially to Brandon Nunley, who is a local product uh, right outside Chattanooga. He leads the league in yards. And considering that him and Nick Tiano have 30 connections, that's over 100 yards more than Devlin Hodge and uh, McKnight from Samford, who have 42 connections, but 100 yards less because they throw a little shorter Big route. Plays, Boy, yeah. they're going over the top. And and five uh, touchdowns already for Nunley. He scored in every game but one. And, again, he's got, I think it's four touchdowns of over 40 yards. He's got a couple more catches of over 40 yards he hasn't scored on. ETSU, if they have been susceptible to anything, has been in the secondary. Yeah, and that's a place that this game could flip. There, there's really two areas defensively, and this isn't going to sound like much because you're saying basically, okay, well, you're covering all your bases. Front seven and the secondary, right? You're talking about in the defensive secondary, you've had a few slip-ups with those big plays, and Chattanooga's good at hitting those, but then also in the front seven, and talk about Nasir player Jason Madua-Fakwa, um, the guys up front going against Tremont Farrell, going against that revamped offensive line because they have done such an excellent job, and I hate to say anything good about Chattanooga, right? But I am impressed by the fact that when things started to kind of spiral out of control preseason, much like they did last year, you had a few off-the-field issues, and you're starting to say, well, here we go again. What's this year going to be like? Tom Arth has really managed to steady the ship. I'm talking with him about uh, two hours from now. Be very interested to hear what he says about the preseasons, comparing those and then the opens to the year, because there were so many injuries last year, of course, but also the -the off-the-field stuff. This year, they've stayed a bit more healthy, and it does start, I mean, literally, it starts with that uh, front five on the offensive line because a lot of the reason that there were some of those injuries was because the quarterback was not getting protected. So uh, Chattanooga's done a good job with uh, coming out strong and, and weathering the storm in the preseason for ETSU. I mean, obviously, you know, to have that huge momentum carried over from Furman, and we've talked about it throughout the week, to have all that momentum offensively and also defensively. That, again, is going to get overlooked because Austin Herrick comes out and throws for 200 yards and two touchdowns, leads him back 23 unanswered points. But we can't forget who got the game-winning points. We can't forget that I believe the number was 35 yards over the last uh, 20 minutes that ETSU's defense gave up. This was an entire team effort, and to have that, knowing that, and, and developing on each side of the ball, something to bring forward into this game is huge. Yeah, less than two yards of play uh, after the Bucks fell down 27-6. And you, you saw the momentum turn, and we'll have the route tree. Austin Herrick will be here. We'll talk route about uh, Furman. We'll 
preview Chattanooga, then we'll get in the actual route tree with them, and then we'll do our bold predictions. But I, I think uh, the ground game, it's specifically in this game, because Chattanooga, their big strength is similar to ETSU. It's in that front seven, that front line, especially the, the from the nose guard and the ends. They do a good job. They run 3-4 similar to ETSU, uh, a little more aggressive maybe than what Billy Taylor is. But, again, they force a lot of turnovers. They've got the turnover bag. It's got a ball in it. You get to wear the bag. You get to sign the ball. It's clearly worked for them. It's clearly oh, worked for them. So, uh, and Stupid it, it's gimmicky, but but yeah. it, it's worked out. Miami's to blame. I agree, totally agree. The the U, although I'm a fan of the U. Oh, just get out of here! You, of, of course, course, you are. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like showmanship. Yeah. So, um, but uh, getting back to the original point, that that front seven for Chattanooga, if they can make ETSU one-dimensional, which ETSU really hasn't been this year, but if they can kind of stuff the run. Now, the Bucks do get Jacob uh, Sailors back. We believe he's going to play. I believe he went through uh, uh, workouts yesterday, so uh, we'll still wait and see if he gets the green light. But if he's back with Quay Holmes, that's going to give Holmes a little bit of a breather. You know, he kind of just was the guy that carried the load almost the entire game. I think Matt Thompson had two carries. Of course, he got the touchdown pass, but – you know, Thompson didn't really spell Holmes. Holmes was pretty much the guy. So now you at least get saved. And that opens up the offense a little bit more for Coach Randy Sanders. Well, it's a good point. I'm interested to see if they do have both available, Holmes and Sailors, and I have no idea if this will be the case or not. But uh, do they maybe do some different things to get both on the field at the same time? Sailors, good pass catcher, good in open space. So they maybe line him up at receiver, do something along those lines to uh, just work both in more. Because Jacob Sailors, when Coach Sanders talks about him, and this is all I'm really going off of, is the fact that Coach Sanders, you know, says these things about these players he says that he is a great ball catcher you know can really make plays in open space so what do you do when you have Quay Holmes who's running so hard and you talked about it not only on uh, the show Monday but also Wednesday on the coaches show that he kind of looked like a different kind of back uh, last Saturday Uh, the fact that maybe it was his show out there and he knew that there was going to be a lot on his back he rose to the occasion he took that challenge and really uh, for a terrible pun. He ran with it, right? And so when you have someone that's running like that, you want him to be on the field. Yeah, he's going to need a blow here and there, but it, when you have Jacob Sailors as well, and you know, also talking about not to bash the receivers, but with some of their issues catching the ball for the first three, four games, is it worth with a guy with reliable hands like Sailors getting him out there to try and work him in in that aspect of the game? Well, I, I will say this: uh, if it wasn't for Holmes running in the first half, I don't, you know, the Bucks may not have had a chance in the second half. The thing I was impressed by was. Making the first guy miss, that's something ETSU has struggled with, and, and that's a lot of teams, right? That's what separates a good back uh, from an average back. And so, you know, if a guy gets in a backfield, can you break a tackle or, or, or sort of a jump step move or whatever it is to spin move to get by him? Holmes, uh, to me, showed a great uh, presence to either use agility to get by or to power through. And I think that's what he's got a knack for, okay, do I need to make a guy miss or do I need two yards for a first down, and I'm just going to lower my head and get the first down? And for the second or third game, going back and watching it, there's two or three times. I mean, he's literally one guy away from, from just housing one. And so I don't think it's a matter of time before he finally figures out that, that third level, how to get by a safety. And then when he does, you know, I think you're going to see those huge gainers. Instead of a, a 10, 12, 14-yard run, I think you're going to see, you know, maybe 35, 40 or end zone from that point. But that's the exciting thing, right, is maybe we haven't seen that yet, but the fact that he's still putting up the numbers that he is, imagine when he does break one of those. We're talking about 150, 200-yard games. So, uh, and Randy Sanders will say it all the time, couple of fresh. Right, and that's so encouraging. The fact that they're already performing—it's uh, performing at such a high level—and we just need to see it from Sailors on the field consistently because he hasn't been healthy. But you can see the flashes; you can see it's there. So the backfield should really have ETSU fans excited. 
We'll step aside for a timeout. When we come back, we'll talk to Austin Herrick. It's the route tree. We'll have two segments with him. One, we'll be talking football, ETSU football specifically. The other, Mike Gallagher is going to put him in the route tree. We'll see exactly uh, what route he chooses and if he passes Mike Gallagher's test. So, Santos and the sidekick, don't forget to download a SoundCloud iTunes. You can subscribe to the RSS. That way you get the update every single day when it is downloaded, or I should say uploaded, so that you can download. Santos and the Sidekick will continue right after this short timeout on the Buccaneer Sports Network. Get ready to get your game on with the Tennessee Lottery and fill up your day with fun. Like when you need to upgrade the fun on that road trip. When you could use a little Did I Just Win $50 fun. Yeah! Or when you like to add a side of fun to that next snack. Mm, wow, good. Would you like some fun with that? Well, yeah. Then play the Tennessee Lottery. And for just a dollar or two, you can get your game on. Please remember, play responsibly. Citizens Bank and our growing lending team are excited to support the game broadcasts of the ETSU Buccaneers. We are proud to provide a lineup of options that fit the needs of local businesses, whether it's an expansion loan, remote deposit service, SBA loan, or treasury management services, we can help your business grow. Visit our website or your local Citizens Branch to speak with a qualified lender to learn more. From everyone at Citizens Bank, Go Bucks! Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! I feel like day after day it's all the same. I know there's more out there. I, I just can't reach out and grab it. <laughs> Does that sound crazy? Uh, no, but I'm a butcher. Perhaps a nice seafood dinner would help? Gosh, that sounds great. Excellent. I'll steam some shrimp for you. Really? No one's ever said that before. At Food City, our butchers can't solve your existential crisis, but they can offer a ton of other great services you won't find at most other grocery stores. Butchers make it better. Only at Food City. Today and every day, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU athletics program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher, Sandos, and the sidekick. The man in the middle, if you're on Facebook Live, if you're just listening to us, the new voice 
That'll join the program, the route tree, Austin Herrick. Now, the big thing, if you're watching, notice I've moved forward, so I look a little big. Oh, well, no, I'm a little bigger than Austin. That's what I'm saying. Austin clearly I need looks. Weights. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. So, hey, i got to cut you got to turn him on. Yeah, there you go. There we go. Hey, there he is. My fault. <laughs> you know, you have a guest on. You think you at least cut his mic. You've never been a good on, host. So. No, no. Clearly, they didn't pay attention to the start of the show right. if they didn't do that. So, Austin Herrick's with us. Before we get in the route tree next segment, as we always do, let's talk a little bit uh, about Furman. Clearly, for about the fourth straight week, it's a tale of two halves, especially for the offense. Uh, but in the second half, Bucks down 20, 27-6. Talk about – Right before you went in, just sort of the feel of the game and when you knew you were going to go in, what, what Coach came and said to you. Yeah, you know, he, he asked me if I was ready, and I said, yeah. And he said, well, stay loose. And uh, I ended up going in um, the series after the interception. And um, I run out there, and I'm like, well, let's see what happens. You know, I've put in the work. I've, you know, studied the playbook. And so I felt pretty confident going out there. But it was good to get that long completion to Keith to kind of get things going. And so – um, that, that was really exciting, and then I think we kind of built off that momentum as the night went on. The one thing that was uh, evident to see was how the offense and defense, and this happens a lot in sports, started to feed off one another. Once the offense got a touchdown, and all of a sudden the defense really cranked it up. And, you know, and again, I'm not uh, trying to take any credit away from what you guys did on offense, but the defense, the last 25 plays, held Furman to 39 yards of total offense. Yeah. And, and certainly that helps because – you know, I, I, the most common thing people talked about was like, man, Austin came in and scored three straight drives. I said, no, actually we had to punt. Yeah. <laughs> we had to punt, and then the defense made a big sack punt, and we changed a little bit of field position Absolutely. and able to punch it in from there. Yeah, no, our defense is our biggest strength. Um, you know, they make plays. They, they get turnovers. They get sacks, you know. With those guys, our front seven is – I'd put them against anyone in our conference. So um, having those guys is our big, biggest asset as an offense. So knowing that – you know, those guys can play with a short field. You know, they can force them to go three and out and get us the ball back. Um, I think helps coach call the game a little bit differently than as opposed to if we didn't have such a dynamic defense. So the Bucs uh, pick up a win 29-27 over Furman. Uh, we've recapped it all week. My question is, though, Saturday night, obviously, you guys are excited having this, but Sunday you had to go back to work. What was the message from coach on Sunday? Yeah, you know, he said we break our season up into quarters, and so – you know, we took took care of that part of the quarter, but there's still another part of the quarter to go. So um, <clears throat> it was great that we got the win, um, but it's like the 24-hour rule. You know, have fun that night, get ready to go the next morning because it's a new week. And so we can think about that game and how cool the comeback was after the season, but right now um, our focus is on this week. Can you tell me about last year's game? Because it's the last game of the year, and the 10-3 results seemed just kind of like a, one of those games where you get done with it, and you're like, what was that? Like, what happened? And Coach Sanders joked about it. I'm sure it wasn't so funny for you at the time, but he said, oh, Austin must have been black and blue after that game because he really got beat up. Yeah, you know, that was probably the my least favorite experience of ever playing football. Um, <laughs> wow. I can remember me and Kobe Kelly sitting in the back of the bus and just talking about how frustrated we were after that game, all the way from Chattanooga to Johnson City. And, um, you know, that game meant a lot to me because I'm from Cleveland, which is right by Chattanooga, and I had a lot of friends and family there. And for us to go out there and, you know, put up three points, uh, I, I took that pretty personal. So this is a game that's been circled for me for a while. And, um, you know, I, that, that game was frustrating. I haven't even watched the film. When we turn it on and film, uh, you know, this week, it, uh, it brings back some fa painful memories. So... Uh, I'm looking forward for, for Saturday to see how we perform. So that's, that's sort of what I've been talking about because football, there's just, basketball has a great rivalry, 
because they played for championship games and, and they didn't have the layoff of 12, 13 years, right? Yeah. I mean, they, didn't, they weren't the same league, but they were still non-conference games. They played for championships. But there's 13 to 15 guys on a roster, maybe one or two guys might be from Tennessee or everybody else is elsewhere. So yeah. they've had to kind of be indoctrinated on the court of a rivalry. For yeah. football, 200 guys are involved, you know, yeah. 100 and some ETSU, 100 and some Chattanooga. Probably 100 guys, give or take, are from the state of Tennessee. They're probably guys you played with, whether you played with them or against them in high school that are on your team and against you. What is that like? Because as I imagine, and I've said, you know, it's it's fun in, in all games to say, well, we're just saying this next game must say another. But I know somebody just sends one text and then here it goes, right? Or, or somebody sends a tweet and then here we go. Because it is a little bit of a friendly rivalry. But there is a little bit of that going on. You guys all know each other, right? Yeah, you know, C.J. Fritz, he's a, he's a corner for them. And I went to elementary school and middle school with him and, I can remember playing AAU basketball with him in fourth grade. Um, I've known that kid forever, and so this will be our third year, um, you know, going against each other in college. And we played against each other in high school. He went to Macaulay. Um, and so that's really cool. You know, you see him out in town uh, when you go back home, and you want to be able to say, you know, we beat you guys. You, know, you don't say that, but you want to have that in your mm-hmm. back pocket. So that's cool. <laughs> and then, you know, me being from Cleveland, and I've got three roommates, and all of them are from Chattanooga, and so – you know, when you drive to Chattanooga, you know, it's a good feeling to have beat those guys, and we haven't had that feeling yet. So, um, you know, hopefully we can we can have that feeling because this is our last go-around. So is that, is that Gatewood, Francois, and yeah. who am I missing? Gatewood, Francois, and then Reed Lewis Reed was Lewis. a uh, – he was our video guy. Now he's at Southern Miss, so we picked up Hunter Parker. He's a baseball player. Oh, you, we know HP pretty well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What do you think of the rail? Pretty cool. Uh, I think I think it fits, yeah. you know, because of the the railroad history of Chattanooga and Johnson City, um, and then it's pretty heavy. So hopefully there's no injuries with the rail. <laughs> we got the linemen carry it, right? I, I thought about hard. that. If if we win the game, I'm gonna stay really far away from the rail. Good call. Um, don't want to have any foot injuries, you know, dropping on someone's foot. So so, so what you're saying is Marion and uh, JJ probably shouldn't be anywhere near it. A yeah. to lift it and B both her feet, right? Yeah, I don't know that Marion could you know shoulder that load. You know, I've, I've seen him in the weight room a few too many times. So um, just kidding, Marion. Oh, we love Paris. actually. I'm pretty serious, Marion. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about this uh, Chattanooga team. Let's start about what, what you and your offense will go up against, which I think is a very talented uh, front seven. And their, their front three and each issue's front three, I think, are tops in the league, bar none. What do you see from them on film? Yeah, I think they're extremely athletic. Probably one of, if not the most athletic team in the whole conference. Um, and their secondary is really good. Um, they've got the uh, Arizona State, State transfer uh, Kareem Moore, and then they've got CJ and those guys who have a lot of experience. And then, um, so they're able to play a lot of man coverage, you know, do a lot of things back there. And then, as you said, the front seven, and particularly those, those three up front are some ball players. And, um, you know, they pose a lot of challenges. So um, I'm interested to see uh, how our plan works against them. I'm excited about it. And, you know, after going against these guys for a few years, you've got a good grasp of what they do and, and their personnel. So, um, I'm excited to see how Saturday unfolds. In your mind, what does, if Jacob Sailors is back, what does he bring to the field that really can trouble the opposing defenses? And is it something, I'm not asking to give away any trade secrets by any means, but we were talking about right before he came on, eh, maybe he's a guy that can line up at receiver in the slot, do some things there. It seems to have that capability. Yeah, definitely. I think it just gives us another tool in our toolbox, you know, with, you know, we got 
Quay and then Matt and then you add Jacob. Yeah, that's that's three pretty good guys back there to, to run the ball and to catch the ball out of the backfield. So I think it just gives us more options. You know, Sailors is pretty dynamic. For a freshman, the way he plays is, is really remarkable. Um, the way he's picked up the offense, I really admire that about him. So um, I'm excited to see, um, you know, which I don't want to give any trade no, secrets no, away, but, I, but I'm excited to see, you know, how he fits into the, the plan on Saturday. Where do you think this game can change? Because we are kind of throwing darts at the board, and we're, and we're hitting it with a bunch of them, it seems like. That's the exciting thing, I that's think. That's a about, great thing about a broadcaster. I won't be wrong at some point, right? <laughs> well, that's the exciting thing, I think, about this game, is there's some games where you can point to one thing and be like, well, I mean, that's where the game's going to be decided. It seems like there's six or seven areas here where you can look at and be like, well, the game can be won here, but it can also be won here. It might be lost here. So I'm not quite sure, looking at all the different um, areas and strengths and weaknesses of the teams. What do you think? Yeah, I, I had a coach tell me one time, if you can – Win the turnover battle, you have the least amount of penalties, um, and then, you know, obviously execute on offense and defense. Typically those teams win the game and win the kicking game. Um, so, you know, just as a broad overview, I'd say look at penalties, turnovers, the kicking game, and just overall, you know, yards on offense. And, and third downs. I and third downs. That's left third I was going to say, usually there's five or six things that ever you can go right yeah. down the list and say, okay, the, one, this coach, if you ask him a key to game, it's only going to be one of six things. They're just going to throw out there. Cause it's, <laughs> right. so, but in, in reality, it's, it's the truth, though, because, you know, and, and I looked this up, uh, and, and I think Coach Sanders already knew it, but I was talking to him Wednesday during the coaches' show. The first time you had third and less than ten was your ninth third down of the game. Oh, your yeah. first eight third downs were third and ten or more. And it's, you know, it's so no shock you're yeah. uh, oh, oh for seven, right? Yeah, and, and he, then, he definitely lets us know that because that makes his job tougher. So, <laughs> I mean, and, 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 that, and third down is determined, obviously, by first, first and second, second down. Sure. So you have to it, – it's critical, you know, maybe just to get two yards on first down, just so it's a third and eight, you know, because there's a lot more calls for a, a third and eight than there is a third and thirteen. So I, I know a lot of people when you watch a game and you're going, man, you know, I wish they would throw the ball more on first down or something like that. And you're going, okay, but if it's incomplete, about everybody in the country knows you're probably going to run the ball in second, especially if you threw it long, right? That's always a thing. Even in the pros, well, you can watch it last night on third down football. Yep. If a long completion on first down, you know they're going to run it in second down, and then they get a mm -hmm. yard, now it's third and nine. So, exactly. But you obviously can have big plays. We saw Marcel a couple of big first down plays. We saw VMI. We saw clearly last game you hit Spagnoletti. Mm -hmm. So you can make big gainers on first down, but the problem is sometimes there's risk-reward with that. Yeah, it's just like poker, you know, playing your hands, and, you know, that's the old Kenny Rogers song. So um, that's just you got to weigh your risk and rewards and kind of fill the game out and see how that's going. So um, I think Coach Sanders is probably, um, you know, it's going to be tough to find someone better than him calling those plays and all the experience that he's had. So, um, you know, I think that's – along with our defense, that's one of our biggest assets is that, you know, he's uh, – ETSU versus Chattanooga is nothing compared to uh, Tennessee versus Alabama or Florida State versus Clemson. Those games that he's called the national championship. So he's very well prepared for this moment. And, um, you know, we trust him to make the right calls and put us in the right position to win. How do you balance? Because it's kind of special, I think, for a lot of people outside to look at the rankings this week in FCS and say – Bucks are getting some votes here. Like this is this is pretty awesome, you know. They're this three and one starter since nineteen ninety nine. It's really catching people's attention nationally. That is kind of a special thing for a lot of people outside. I'm sure that you're just trying to focus on your day to day, not let the outside noise get involved. But how do you balance not only appreciating that, but also with doing your job? Because I imagine at some point you're going to look back and say, you know what? I mean, we we were having national attention, and heck, if you win this week, who knows? Maybe you're slipping up into that uh, top twenty five. Yeah, yeah. 
th- that stuff's really cool. Personally, I try to stay off social media and all that during the season just because you don't want to see – um, you know, too much, you know, either good or bad. What, a quarterback? Um, <laughs> so I, I try to get my mom and dad to do that too, but I think oh, they like, they, they like looking at that stuff. Yeah. So, um, But, no, I, I think that's that's one way I do it. And, two, you know, you just got to stay focused on your job, and I know how cliche that is. But, you know, Furman's over with. That game is in the past, and so is VMI, Tennessee, and Morris Hill. So the only thing you can control is what you do and how you prepare this week for Chattanooga. And then after this game, put it away and move on to the next one. You would say that the closest you get to media would be Santos and the sidekick, I think. Yeah, that's why I enjoy this. It. It's the, it's the, the highlight outlet. of the week. That's what the I told you. <laughs> I did it. Yeah. I was uh, shocked by that because it's clearly there's a lot of people do not tell me. <laughs> the there's not a lot of people that think that in general. Yeah, so sure. I'm maybe not <laughs> We don't even think that, right? No, absolutely say. not. But let's, uh, one more question and then we'll, we'll get to the route tree. I'm kind of curious. How much do you, if any – watch the rest of your opponents do you only watch defensive stuff or do you ever just when you're in your room or something like you know what i'm just going to watch the game just get a feel for a game or the game and like chattanooga sanford did you just watch defense and focus and kind of yada yada what everything else went or did you watch just to get a feel for how the whole game went yeah you know i've got a process on on monday i watch certain things tuesday wednesday and Thursday, I always try to watch a full game. So, And usually it's the last game. But, I mean, if someone played like the Citadel or Wofford and they've got that offense that really doesn't do anything like mm-hmm. us, I, I'll usually watch the game before that. So, yeah, I watch the whole Chattanooga-Sanford game. It's fun to watch Devlin and, you know, Nick battle it out. I think that's pretty cool to watch those guys and pick up things from them. But, um, you know, Chattanooga's offense, Bryce Nunley's actually from my hometown. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to see him playing so well. Um but, you know, I think they're a lot better offensively. I know you were talking about the injuries from last year, and it's another year in that system. Coach Arth has done a lot. So, um, you know, I think Chattanooga is always going to be a pretty good offensive team as long as Coach Arth is there. And so, you know. Well, I had one more question, yeah, yeah. and then I'll let you jump in. Yeah. I'm kind of curious because for whatever reason, the the city of Chattanooga is just growing quarterbacks everywhere, especially in the Southern <laughs> Conference, right? Tiano's a Chattanooga yeah, Right, and immerse Rob Riddle, and he unfortunately for Riddle, I think he broke his collarbone oh, on, no. on the next to last play of the or uh, second last play of the game. Mm-hmm. He was scrambling around throwing, and and it it didn't look good. And he heck, he'd been throwing for three hundred yards. Been now they're going back with Kalen Riley, who yeah. clearly was started last year, but still mm-hmm. there were three starting quarterbacks in the Southern Conference, all from Chattanooga. What is it? Uh, is there some quarterback camps going down there we don't know about, or just the way? It <laughs> fell? Yeah, well, I've known Nick, you know, going to camps in high school and things like that, and then. Um, you know, a guy who started last year a lot for uh, UTC is Cole Copeland. Mm-hmm. And me and Cole are good friends. Me and him text quite a bit. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. You know. It's pretty cool. I played against a lot of these guys in high school and have seen them, you know, we'll get together and work out in some, you know, over the breaks and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's cool to know these guys and compete against them. That's maybe not even a question, more of an observation, but it's very interesting to see, you know, Tom Arth had his roots in Division Three up at, um, and I'm forgetting the name of it. Now. John Carroll. John, John Carroll, thank you. Yeah, and, and he won a uh, National Coach of the Year in 2016 there. And then you've got Randy Sanders, right, who's coming from FBS. And it's just interesting to see football kind of meet in the middle and really at some point look at it and say football, regardless of level, there's some things that you can take from all your experiences have success. Yeah, well, and the one thing about Arthur, you'd say that he might have coached Division three, but he's Peyton Manning's backup, right? He played in the NFL. Right. Yeah. I mean, he was had like a ten-year pro career, not all of it in the NFL, but right. Yeah. But I mean, he's he, he center. So uh, you look at different stepping stones to get whatever. Coach Sander was able, you know, to get a starting coaching at his alma mater and kind of work his way up the ranks there. Coach Arthur, a different route, but eventually got to the same. So the one thing is their quarterbacks, right? 
And they're going to try to push the ball down the field. That's the only thing I've learned. <laughs> yep. Speaking, yep. Of, speaking of routes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got one coming up? I got one coming up. All right. The route tree, Austin Herrick. We'll see what Mike Gallagher, the mad scientist, has for uh, Austin Herrick right after this time. Now, Sanderson Sidekick, don't forget to download his SoundCloud and on iTunes. You can subscribe to RSS feed Tuesday through Friday. You can join us on Facebook Live. Sanderson the Sidekick, route tree with Austin Herrick right after this on the Buccaneer Sports Network. Nice Wonger Children's Hospital is proud to be the only hospital in the region dedicated to serving kids, teens, and their families. With over 20 subspecialists in pediatric medicine, as well as access to the Level 1 Trauma Center at Johnson City Medical Center, we are committed to providing hope and healing to you and your family. To learn more, visit NiceWongerChildrens.org. That's NiceWongerChildrens.org. The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 12 16 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Here's the deal. At Wendy's, every hamburger is made with fresh, never frozen beef. Now here's the big deal. You can get a day's double with a half pound of hot and juicy beef along with small fries and a drink for just $5 when you download the Wendy's app. And the real deal? That's a whole lot of delicious Wendy's food for just $5. Download the app today. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada participating Wendy's for a limited time. Mulliken Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulliken's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulliken Flooring. Bucks fans and football fans across the country can now design their dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you create custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from 10 home and building structures designed with over 50 popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. General Shale, a proud supporter of ETSU Athletics. New coach, new era, new day. Hear from ETSU football headman Randy Sanders all fall on the ETSU Coaches Show now on Wednesday nights. If you're scared by all the change, don't be. Voice of the Bucks, Jay Sando, still host from Wild Wing Cafe, and it's still a 6 o'clock start now every Wednesday throughout the football season. Morristown native and new ETSU football head coach Randy Sanders on the ETSU Coaches Show right here on WXSM AM 640. The Extreme Sports Monster. Sandos in the sidekick, Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher, Austin Herrick. It's time for the route tree. Route Take tree. it away, Mike. 
So, Route Tree, in case people are not familiar with the segment and how it works, Route Tree is giving Austin Herrick, a man that's going to be involved in uh, and has been involved in his uh, quarterbacking career and diagnosing routes and looking at route trees and football, and he's going to be deciding on some routes in his professional career as well. So, we give him a sports scenario from the past. And a real scenario. Correct. A 100% real scenario, which 100% it would fold out this way, too, uh, if we went and looked at it. So, so far, uh, we've had John Elway and Brandon Wheaton. Now, John Elway, he sent to baseball with the New York Yankees. Brandon Wheaton, he sent to the weed whacking business. Uh, both players, though, very successful, as it turned out, with Austin Herrick's decision. So this week we have another scenario, um, and I meant to load in some sound for it, but I ended up not doing so. This is from a recent anniversary, and I'll give that um, just off the top, and I think that both you'll probably get it after a little bit. But I'm going to ask you three questions. That's kind of how it works to start, Austin. And from those questions, you will have chosen your route, and then we'll uh, play out the scenario. So, so you basically have a pre-snap read, right? Then, then the then the actual as soon as the snap, and then your adjustment in the route. Right? Yet That's another, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah another, All right, go. I'm just making sure. All right. So uh, what has been your strongest reaction to a loss in your career? Um, my junior year of high school, we got yeah. beat by Bradley Central, which is our crosstown rival. Went home, locked the door to my room, and wrote three whole pages in a notebook. And so the next year when we played them, I read that the night before the game. Got me fired up. We won. So <laughs> that's actually a pretty cool little story. Oh, so. my gosh. Interesting. I just threw stuff. I don't know. Right. Oh, I, well, that, 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 that was the Jay pre. Sandos, Austin Herrick. I mean, are you surprised yeah, with how that, they that ran? That was yeah. the pre, you know, riding. Okay. Right there. Yeah. Did, now, did you think when you wrote it, I'm going to use this next year, or was it just something you went back and said? Kind of, yeah. I, I was thinking that. I'm like, well, I got one year left, so – um, I'll write this stuff down, and then you know, I won't look at it till next year up before the game. Genius. Uh, do you think it's a good idea to guarantee the media anything? No, because you can't. I mean, you can't follow up on a guarantee most of the time. All right. What would your reaction be to a day you went two for eight in a game? Two completions in eight attempts. Well, I'm sure I've done that here at some point. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my reaction to that day would be, all right, well, you should need to you know, work a little bit harder and get back in the film room. All right, the route tree has unfolded. You have picked your route. This is regarding a man who two days ago had his 10-year anniversary of The Promise in the media. Oh, Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. I'm not sorry. I'm extremely not sorry. We were hoping for an undefeated season, something Florida has never done here, but I can get some freaking blocking here. <laughs> 15 <laughs> carries for seven yards. I don't think Tim Tebow is Excuse me. Excuse me. The round tree is unfolding. Did you, did you take some? Well, okay. It's like it was me against the world out there. My offensive line is Swiss cheese. <laughs> what good can come out of this? I can play harder than any player has ever played in the entire country the rest of the season, and there still would be no save in this team. And if I push these guys, they crumple like a bunch of pansies. You will never see a team fold like this one is about to. I don't dabble in guarantees, but you can't. You can take that to the bank. God, I cannot stand for these garbage media people. Okay, oh, <laughs> if you're just tuning in, okay, on Santa's South Call, that was not Austin Herrick about his team. That is Austin <laughs> Herrick on the route tree. Route tree. That okay, can definitely be taken so, out of context. Yes, so, I was making sure that nobody's cutting that up. The yeah. original press conference is why I meant to load the sound, and I totally forgot. But he's just like, I can guarantee you, I'm going to work harder. I'm going to motivate this team, and basically, he was saying they're not going to lose the rest of the year. Now they ended up beating teams by like 50 and 60 points the rest of the yeah. season. It was, and it's called the promise because, I mean, obviously with how the season unfolded. Ended that was his senior year, right? So, he, so he'd won a national championship his sophomore junior, year. Junior, junior year. Because 2009 was his senior year. That was yep. 2008. That's mm -hmm. when they beat Oklahoma. Yep. So 
as the route tree would unfold, there was the quote in the media. It, it kind of played off of that sound that Tebow originally said. You never make the promise that Tim, Tim Tebow did 10 years ago. And without the conviction and fire to inspire the Gators to absolutely thrash the rest of the field, Florida does indeed fold, getting beat 38-7 by Arkansas the next week. And with the reversal of Tim Tebow as the greatest motivator in sports history, Every other result from the season reversed as well. Since his team lost out, he doesn't become a mythical figure that he was around football circles. And NFL teams see him for what he is, a poor thrower whose speed does not translate to the next level. He's drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars, who hope to get any attention they can from the local fan base, which cares little to none about them, but the drafting of the bizarro Tim Tebow, in this case, to steal a Seinfeld term, uh, to focus uh, does not work, obviously. Gainville's attention is not captured, even though it's just 90 minutes from Jacksonville, and he'd be released after just eight games. This, however, would allow Tebow to focus his efforts towards baseball, and since he was fine with going two for eight and wanted to work harder, two for eight being a good power hitting number, right? 250 is what you usually hit as a power hitter, the average of plenty of decent um, power hitters out there. He would also aim to hit two diggers in eight games. That would be his goal, and that worked his way through the minors rather quickly. He'd reach the majors just in time for the 2018 season, changing the course of the Mets' future, who, while possessing the prolific power hitting Tebow and the Cy Young Award winner Jacob deGrom, would go on to repeat what they did in 1986, seeing Tebow ground one through the legs of Boston's Mitch Moreland to take the win in Game 6 and the World Series. Now, had you said that going 2-for-8 was a horrific thing, and obviously we know how things would have worked out when he did the promise, right? Yeah. That everything's unfolded that way. But if you would have had a negative reaction to going 2-for-8, that would have been your statement. What a game that was. I tell you what, I'm impressed by this old Miss team. So much, so much, in fact, that I can only see one option going forward, and that's to become famous before Kevin Durant does for joining a team that has beaten me. I'm announcing in this post-game press conference that the running Rebels have shown me that I need to become a better passer, and I can't do that at Florida. <laughs> so I'm circumventing what is sure to be a two-for-eight pro football game where I'm completely inept passing the football and transferring to Mississippi. It's best for my future. It's best for a horrendous Mississippi program that has never been good, and it's best for Florida, who have a tremendous young quarterback in Cameron Newton, who is ready to take this team to the promised land. So if you're wondering where the so two Bruce for eight, Tramberg would be a fan of that, I'm assuming. If you're wondering where the two for eight came from, mm -hmm. you remember that game where he went two for eight for 56 yards and a touchdown to Eric Decker, and they ended up winning the game somehow. Mm -hmm. So that was like one of the probably the most I'd say remembered moment, the most definitive. Well, he was game. with Denver, not at Florida, but I, no, 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 yeah, yeah, sorry, right, right. Yeah, with Denver to Eric Decker, yeah, exactly. And they won that game. That was in the season they made the playoffs. And the yeah, eight, eight yards. Eight. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, eight and eight made the playoffs. Won a playoff game. Uh, Tebow would bring the magic to Mississippi, and he'd develop into a Manning ask talent as Archie and Eli before him and the running Rebels would have Tebow take them over the top instead of winning nine games and going to the Cotton Bowl in 2009, having Tebow be the final piece they needed to get the job done to go on and win their first national title in nearly 50 years. Tebow, with his arm being much improved as it was, would be taken first overall by the St. Louis Rams rather than Sam Bradford and the greatest show on turf would return, Steven Jackson being a force in the backfield for years to come and Brandon Lloyd developing into the league leading receiver he eventually was in December or excuse me, in Denver, pardon me uh, but would do it a few years earlier in St. Louis and be considered a top talent in the league. Newton would never transfer to Auburn and have success at Florida, rising to be the top prospect in the country after Tebow departed Mississippi to that same spot. Newton was still selected by the Panthers first overall, and the St. Louis Rams would never have to move to Los Angeles because the gospel of Tebow had the arch enamored. They would face off with Carolina for years to come in the NFC Championship game, many times recreating the longest playoff game in NFL history back in 2005, uh, which I believe Carolina won on a 80-yard Jake Del Home to... Steve Smith uh, completion. I think it was it was double overtime, longest playoff game in history. So you have once again changed the course of sports history. Can, can we just play what if again? What 
what if Tebow did, or Cam Newton stayed? Yeah. Under uh, think just, about just, it. just think about it. may not have left. Oh. Man, I had those heart problems. Just, See, there's so many little tentacles of this. It's go. unbelievable. And then Gus, Gus Malzahn, does he go to – does he ever get the job? Does Gene Chizik ever, you know, have yep, any success yep, there? Yep. Do they win that championship over Oregon? Or are they even in the game uh, against Oregon? Right. I don't yeah. believe so. So uh, you sent yet another quarterback to baseball. Yeah. yeah what is I, it I was going to say something quite about sure. me in baseball. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, maybe you missed your calling. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so. So Elway and Tebow have now got to baseball. Whedon is whacking weeds. Um, but again, I mean, successful. You, you need you a chart. You, you're going to eventually come I'm up with a chart. I'm going to have to write yeah, something yeah, down because uh, we need. We're going to have to go back through this at some point. Yeah, I'm starting to lose track of it already. To be quite honest, did you see me? Right, I was scribbling stuff in studio. I, I'm just. I am very impressed with with the simple fact that you've come up with the three different scenarios. They've all been kind of the same though, which is. Kind of, but I've actually kind of embraced that. I That's think like so. We got to come I up mean, with. Yeah. You know, can you know? You can only have so much creativity on this show, and then uh, I suppose, and then it goes. I mean, you made all the bumpers, so. That's true. Yeah. I'm, I'm wrong dry at this Pretty point. I need, I need some kind of break, <laughs> without a doubt. All right. Another great uh, route tree, I think. Well done. Well done. You're going to let him go? You got something else for him? I got nothing else. That's I mean, nothing else. You got anything? I, he, he already just he put Cam Newton at Florida. He put Tebow at Mississippi. Well, I mean, I mean Cam was at Florida. He just kept no, him. Oh, true. my gosh. I just knocked <laughs> his headset off. I was so off. appalled by that. I just ripped his headset Don't off. take off the man's head before the check. All right. <laughs> it's Austin Herrick. Uh, Bucks, Chattanooga, 730 will be the kick time, 6 o'clock pregame show. We go from... Austin Herrick and trying to be sane in the conversation of the route tree to the very bad, bold predictions of Mike Gallagher and Jason. I don't know Sanders. if the route tree is sane, to be fair. You hear the stuff I've done with this the last three weeks? It's well, Austin Herrick is sane yes, to the insane true. scenario. That's a good saying. point. That's Austin, a good point. appreciate good it. Luck. See you next week. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. It's Austin Herrick on the route tree. We'll come back. Bold predictions right for this on Sanderson the Sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges. Or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. Purchasing a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank and Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank. When I was your age, we were... This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi for American pastimes. Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway... He scores! This is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation. Known for its personalized service and friendliness, the environment at the Johnson City Country Club is comfortable, casual, and inviting. One of the greatest assets is the beautiful clubhouse. From the sweeping verandas, the fireplace in the massive ballroom, to our intimate private dining rooms to our 19th hole. The clubhouse accommodates all desires. For decades, the Johnson City Country Club has been host to numerous wedding receptions, business meetings, golf outings, and an array of social functions. The setting is ideal for any event in any season. Whether your function is large or small, your guests will enjoy a fine dining experience with professional, courteous attention. The Johnson City Country Club, a tradition since 19. 
No one knows better than the Bucks what it takes to compete on the college level. No one knows better than Bullseye what it takes to compete in the business market. At Bullseye, we provide innovative products and services to help our customers meet their business objectives, and you can count on us for graphic design, printing, mailing services, and much more. Bullseye, a preferred partner of the ETSU Athletic Department. Call Bullseye in Johnson City at 423-283-7772 or visit us on Hanover Road near Cheddar's. Bullseye. For all your printing needs. There is no way LeBron James leaves Cleveland again. I agree with Jarvis Landry. I think the Browns are a Super Bowl contender this year. How in the world can you not see that Big Baller Brand is far superior to making the NBA than Puma? Yeah, rumors fly a lot. Jason Witten is not going to Monday Night Football. I mean, the Mike Ayers rumor that he's leaving, no way. I bet he's there until 2025. Terrell Owens has made a career off jawing, running his mouth. Will he be in Chattanooga for his Hall of Fame induction? No chance. He'll be in Canada. That last one's Bold specifically relevant. Prediction. Prediction. Chattanooga this week. Total sidebar. Uh, Robert Harper, sideline reporter. Yeah. His wife, Amy's roommate in college, was Terrell Owens' sister. Wow. Just a little fun fact for you. Interesting. That nobody else cares. He's going to be at the game this weekend. He is. He's uh, he's accidentally coming back into town. Very nice of him. All right. So what do we got here? Jacob Towns. Jacob Towns. And Jacob is about to lie. Go. Hi, guys. Jacob. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Uh, I got a text uh, last night from Jay. I just saw it earlier this morning. We talked about this before the show. It was a great pick by you, Jay. Thank you. Miami, Florida, three defensive touchdowns against North Carolina last night. Boom. No, a lot nailed of turnover it. Turnover no. change. Nailed it. I don't believe that happened. In Miami last night than a jewelry store. Are you? Are you? Are you calling him a liar? Are you calling you a liar? He called me a liar. Okay, hold on. I make a pick of volleyball a few weeks back. That's Friday, and they had actually started. And now it's we're on Friday afternoon. Process. It's still in the appeal process. How long do these appeals take? I don't know. Ask angry man and crazy coach. They're the ones. That <sighs> yeah, that's true. Angry, angry man gets full of too much anger. Okay, I suppose he won't ever get to that. Left lane or something like that. He said. So he's already gotten one right. We haven't even done the segment yet. Yeah. Did he really yeah, have? That's what, that's okay. Did you? What do you mean? What do you mean? Did it really? Ha- he just did you said actually it. He just said that. It. He, of course, I predicted. Yeah, that. you're his boss. He could be. You know, I don't know. There's maybe something weird going on there. This isn't a, some sort of hostage. <laughs> <laughs> Can we please just settle down, Mike? You're I feel like my bold predictions. I feel like my bold okay. predictions are being held hostage. You hold. So all right. So you've already gotten one. So you got one right. They had three defensive touchdowns. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah. I don't believe you predicted that, but that is impressive. All right, I'll give it to okay. you. Uh, okay, what are the standings like, Jacob? Uh, Not including you're Jay's five weird and thing. 10. Okay. Batting three, I think I was four and nine, right? Jay, you're four and 11. Four and 11, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. That's 15. right. Four plus 11 is 15. Yeah, yeah that happens. Okay, right, so you've already had your one, so I guess I might as well go ahead and skip to the college one then, since you did your college one, the FBS one. Um, I've got Northwestern beating Michigan, and this is especially satisfying considering the underhanded tactics you just used on your first prediction. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald has been at Northwestern for 13 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of the last three years, he's had 10 wins with a place where it's really hard to win at football. Academic standards are extremely high, and there's not a lot of leeway there. Uh, everyone's been very impressed with the job he's done. I really like him as a coach. Uh, I think that with the tough start that Pat Fitzgerald does not let uh, Northwestern lose this game. I believe that it's a pretty big spread. Uh, Michigan is favored by a significant uh, amount. 14 or 15, something yeah, like that, yeah. And, and Northwestern just lost to Akron last week. So uh, coming off of that, I think Fitzgerald being a master motivator that he is, he will get his team ready to play and they beat Michigan. I could go with that. <laughs> what? Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, you could go with that. I mean, I could see, listen. They, they got to play on the road, right? Kind of they, 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 the only the uh, realistic one that sees the team lose a lot. <laughs> no, that is. <laughs> I will give you this about being a fan of Michigan and doing when they do not play well, or you're used to seeing something, you will say, eh, you know, that's typical. I think you did that with it was the first one of the year for Michigan. You were just like it was right after the Miami. Well, who were they lose to Notre Dame? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just like, ah, you know, it was typical Michigan. They won like 42 points. I was like, what do you mean typical? Like they blew somebody out? Oh yeah, I really want to hear this. And you're like, no, no, no. They were just mailing it in. They didn't have the effort. And I was like, okay, well, at least there's some criticism there. It's not yeah, all one no, way. I mean, listen, I watched the uh, teams that I pulled for a lot. I've always said this. So Michigan, and I think you'll you'll understand this, Michigan will blow out normally awful teams. But winning Michigan football is ugly. Losing Michigan football is epic. Yeah. Because when they lose, they lose in spectacular Michigan ways. Michigan State punt block, last play of the game. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at that. Yeah, and I went through – I rattled off about 20 of them the other day wow. uh, to to uh, Angry Man when he was venting out. Anyways, long story short, I could certainly see, because it's next time they're on the road, they've had all the, the patsy wins, they're feeling good about themselves. Fantastic. It's typical how they're going to lose. So, I'm going to do one more college game. I'm going to go Kansas State at home over Texas. Kansas State almost a double-digit underdog at home. I'm taking – the Wildcats, who have looked horrific this season, to upend the Longhorns. Jacob, how do you feel about that, knowing that you picked Texas to go to the college football playoff? That's fine. Uh, Van Pelt also took the Wildcats last night. I was watching that. Uh, mm. They couldn't throw That's the past ball my they had to. Give me the Longhorns. Wow. Okay, sure. As okay. What's your second? Say, Texas is back, folks. <laughs> All right, well done. Uh, so do you want me to go with my ETSU one or my other one? Your other one, then we'll do other ETSU. Other one, oh, well, I, I think the Ryder Cup, and Jacob, I know you're a big Ryder Cup fan, and I wanted to cater some of this towards you since uh, this is your uh, segment with Bold Predictions and Bold Predictions Recap come Monday. Thank I think sir. Tiger Woods wins every match he plays at the Ryder Cup this weekend uh, because the U.S. is going to win, and it's going to be flanked by Tiger, who's unstoppable Can right you now. you red alert that for me? Stubborn, stupid, silly man. Wait, <laughs> you what red alert What? Already? Well, they, they teed off at 2 a.m. This morning? Yeah. Well, they're in Europe. They're in Paris. Oh. Uh, Paris. Oh, did Tiger play already? Yes, he already lost. What? Him and Captain America got beat this morning by my boy Tommy Fleetwood, Fairway Jesus. And Francisco so, well, well, okay, so since that's already happened, I think I'm allowed to Fleetwood rescind. Mac, I'm allowed will. to rescind the prediction because it's already happened, right? <laughs> since I, Hey, is that how bad he is? Well, well, well he pred- I'm beating you right now, to be fair. If I, if I, I, technically, I have a win. I have a win. You're still 5-11. and 11. I've got a half yeah, game on a, you. I have a win. So wait a second. So I've already lost one, and Jacob, uh, Jay's already won one, Jacob? Mm-hmm. Si, senor. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's fair if it played out and I wasn't – I don't – if fair. you don't keep up Not the right This is sports. This is sports. What are you talking about? No yeah. sympathy here? Okay. That's fair. All right. Fine. All right. All right. ETSU prediction. I'm going to go ETSU zero turn. First time all season they have not turned the football over. Okay, I like that. That'd be a very good thing for ETSU, and especially considering Chattanooga is forcing uh, the ton of turnovers that and they are. Pl- yeah, Chattanooga's plus seven, ETSU minus five. Mine, mine's a little bit two-tiered in the minus sense three. that Jacob Sailors, um, you know, once already this year I predicted Jacob Sailors have a big game at VMI. That kind of burned me. Uh, he just wasn't used a lot, and as it came out after the game, he was battling a little bit of an injury. I was unaware about that. I, it's a bit of a two-tiered, so maybe I can get a point and a half if this is right. Uh, Jacob Sailors comes back, so he returns. That's part of the prediction, and then he also has a 100 total yards. So I am not dismayed or dissuaded from going after Jacob Sailors again. I believe in Jacob Sailors. He comes out, has 100 total yards. I don't know what they're going to do, what they're going to use him for on the field, but I think that he all piles purpose, All up. purpose yards. All so, he, so he could kick return. That's he's right. been there. He could uh, uh, catch the ball out of the backfield. He can run the ball. You're That's going right. 100. I like that. All purpose yards. And then ETSU will 
Oh, I have a little bit of a successful day, I think, if he has that. Well, if, if both of our things happen, I'm not sure oh, there's sure. any scenario in which ETSU does not win that game. And I think they're going to win the game anyway, so why not have our bowl predictions be right while they're winning? And All right, you got a bonus one? Prediction. I count as one. That's you want over to get... 100 yards. That doesn't count as two predictions. <sighs> Whatever. Can I, can I give you I one more real quick? Pat, yeah, Pat Mahomes, three INTs in Denver. I love it. Monday I absolutely love it. We have to have Mike White, who's the uh, oh. head of sports information on the show at some point, because he picked in a fantasy draft Pat Mahomes number two overall. And don't say he looks like a genius because you can't draft a quarterback at number two and ever look like a genius. Yeah, ever, ever. All right, that'll do it. Jacob Towns, a big thanks. Austin Herrick, we appreciate it. It is Chattanooga, ETSU, 730 kick time. The Mox and the Bucks will have pregame show coverage on the Buccaneer Sports Network at 6 p.m. You can join us on the Buccaneer Sports Network. We'll be back with you Monday. See how we did on bowl prediction. We'll recap the Bucks and the Mocks. That's all on Sandos and the Sidekick, SoundCloud, iTunes, Facebook Live. This is the Buccaneer Sports Network. <laughs>